Hello everyone, happy Friday. Welcome to episode 11. I've lost count now because I'm doing the um, the prep updates on a Monday. I've just lost count. Episode 10, episode 11, one of the two. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Um, hope you've had a good week. First proper week of January because let's be honest, that first week when, you, when it's New Year's Day on a Monday and then you start work on a Tuesday, it's not a proper week, is it? it you, you really just kind of not putting fires out, but <laughs> just doing the essentials, um, getting yourself back into a rhythm. And this week was kind of like the first full week back. Uh, I certainly saw that with clients this week. Um, everyone, you know, was just easing back in last week. And then this week has been really hitting the, the go button. Um, still riding a bit of a cold. So if I do sound a bit bunged up, if I cough from sneezing, um, then do excuse me. But... I wanted to get the um, the episode out today because, as always, I think it's going to be a useful one. And this is the first time I've got a little bit sciency on the podcast. Um, and to be honest, it's the first time I've spoke about these topics in this way for some time. So obviously, when I'm working with clients, I'm thinking about the physiology and the nutrition and the biochemistry and the psychology. I'm thinking about that when I'm making recommendations and when I'm teaching and coaching, but you know, I don't want to overwhelm people with lots of in-depth science because it's often not necessary to know the ins and outs and all these, all these words and stuff. Um, and I'm not gonna do that on the podcast today, I'm still gonna keep it practical, but I am gonna go a little bit deeper um, into something that I think is extremely useful in the way that we're living today. Uh, and I think it's got a lot of benefits and there are going to be plenty of practical tips that you can go away with um, and start to improve things in relation to this area. So the topic that I'm going to be talking about today is the nervous system. And this is kind of a two-parter because next week I will also be doing a podcast on the principles of muscle building. So everything that you need to know about building muscle will be on next week's podcast. So if you've got a goal to get in shape, whether that's, you know, tone up your glutes, build a chest, whatever that may be, whatever words you want to use, next week's podcast is going to be one for you. Um, and I will be talking, because there is obviously a nervous system component of building muscle. Um, but today, I'm going to focus on a part of the nervous system that's responsible for kind of like um, appetite control, sleep, stress, recovery, that sort of stuff. Uh, because... Really, I think in today's world, we, we've got a big problem with being overstimulated and that can have quite significant implications um, on your health, but also on stuff like decision making and food choices and, and, and you know stress and energy levels and all that sort of stuff. Um, but just to give you a bit of an introduction, so your nervous system is, is split into two main components. You've got the central nervous system, which is basically just the brain and the spinal cord. And then you've got the peripheral nervous system, which in short is the, the nervous system that will basically send all of the signals to and from the rest of the body. So you've got the brain and the spinal cord as your center, your central nervous system, the peripheral does everything else basically. Um, so, you know, the peripheral is responsible for muscle contraction, digestion, um, involuntary stuff like heartbeats, for example. Um, but within the peripheral, so again, like you don't need to know all these words, but it's useful to know that you know there are different branches to it and how they interact. But then within the peripheral, 
we've got two com we've got some subcomponents of the nervous system we've got somatic which is basically responsible for muscle contractions so that's the one that we'll be looking at next well looking at i'll be talking about next week um in relation to training and, and building muscle the one that i want to talk about this week is called the autonomic nervous system and the autonomic nervous system basically controls the balance between fight and flight and rest and relaxation. Now, obviously in today's world where we're not sleeping great, we're bouncing from meeting to meeting, um, social event to social event, smashing coffees, you know, all of this stuff on social media. I mean, social media, you know, plays a really significant role in this, to be honest, because if you think about social media, you might scroll and see... 10 different videos in 30 seconds. Now your brain is gonna be so stimulated from that because it's bouncing in so many different directions. You know, you might see stuff that triggers you, stuff that excites you, stuff that is a big drain on our nervous system. Um, but just the, the, the way that we're generally living today means that there is a bit of a disbalance between fight and flight and rest and relaxation. A well-balanced autonomic nervous system is imagine like the last time you were on a really relaxing holiday. So you, you're on a beach holiday, you're going for maybe like nice walks, listening to podcasts, reading books, and you felt amazing. So you feel like you're thinking clearly, um, your decision making's good, you might plan the next three to six months, um, you've got good energy, you're happy. And then you come back and within a few weeks, that's kind of all unraveled itself. And that's very similar to Christmas. So, you know, we've just gone from the Christmas and New Year period. A lot of people start the year. Well, to be, to be honest, Christmas and New Year, perhaps not so much, because that is often a little bit more um, indulgent. And, you know, a lot of people have late nights and get drunk and all that sort of stuff. So perhaps not Christmas so much, but a similar thing where you start the year with good clarity and, and, and everything. And then slowly it starts to kind of un unravel itself. And that's because we allow the nervous system to become disbalanced. And when we've got a disbalanced nervous system, we're more likely to emotionally eat. We're more likely to make impulsive decisions, like spending, buying clothes. Um, we have poor sleep, low energy, low sex drive, all that sort of stuff, if it goes on for too long. Don't get worried by this and think, oh my God, I've got a disbalanced nervous system for a few days. It's when it becomes chronic. So it's when you've got a chronically disbalanced nervous system and you are just constantly stimulated. So I'm gonna go over the two, the two parts that, that kind of control this, and then most importantly, go over ways that you can you can regain balance within your nervous system, feel in more control, make better decisions with your food, have more energy, and generally just feel a little bit more grounded. So the sympathetic nervous system is basically responsible for if, if a lion was chasing you through the forest, the sympathetic nervous system would be very active. So it's fight and flight, basically. But that comes from being stimulated in many ways. So like I said previously, you know, bouncing from call to call, meeting to meeting, going to the gym, training hard, going to your socials, all that sort of stuff. This is all driven by the sympathetic nervous system. Moderate to high intensity exercise, you know, you, if, if you didn't have the sympathetic nervous system when you were trying to train, it would feel very sluggish because part of the, the sympathetic nervous system is it releases cortisol, 
and adrenaline and all of these kind of chemicals that you want when you're really going for it with, with whether it's a long run whether it's a weight training session like you want that to be active um but then we've got obviously things like caffeine that, that further add to that and obviously the problem then being is if there's no real kind of like part of your day your week your month where you're not doing those things so you're in high pressure meetings you're having five coffees a day you're going to bed at midnight getting up at five you are training like so this is an important part of where i always say to clients you can only train as hard as you can recover because if you go and train hard obviously training is good for you but if you're training really hard and you're paying no attention to recovery it can then become detrimental because you're, you're just hammering your sympathetic nervous system so with clients i will track things like every day our clients will it's, it's not a, like a big task you know you can do it in sort of like two minutes a day five, maybe five minutes max but i get clients to color code energy cravings hunger stress sleep because all of these things the reason that i'm doing that so again going back to the fact that you know i don't tend to to delve into the science too deeply with clients but behind the scenes the reason i'm asking them to do that is because i want to make sure they've got a good balance between these two parts of their nervous system so if i've got a client that's flagging a red for stress um no sleep cravings are really high i know that they're at completely out of whack with their nervous system so i know that we probably need to pull back on training intensity not completely stop because some you know low to moderate intensity exercise can actually help bring balance back but i know i probably need to tell them not to take exercises to failure not to train five times this week like let's strip that back let's go a little bit lighter on sessions let's not do so many this week because we need to regain a bit of balance and then i might start recommending more rest and relaxation strategies for that week so pay attention to, to how you're feeling and if you are feeling like you're completely you know on the edge of burnout you're, you're low on energy and you've got all of these things that i'm talking about happening if you are training hard as well you probably want to reconsider getting some balance back before continuing with that sort of intensity with your training yeah so that's the the sympathetic nervous system just the, the simple way to think about that is just anything where you're on the go basically that requires you to be mentally active physically active the parasympathetic nervous system then is the total opposite to that so it's responsible for rest and relaxation it's responsible for sleep it's responsible for feeling calm uh, also digestion so digestion is hindered and inhibited by the sympathetic nervous system so when you are overstimulated you might find that you get more bloating more cramps more gas because your digestive system is not working as well as it should because you might have heard rest and digest that that's a term that often gets used online um, but that basically means that we want to be in a kind of restful state when we're digesting food. And that's why, you know, sometimes you go into a food coma if you eat a little bit too much. It's because your body's having to really get the parasympathetic nervous system up to be able to digest that big meal. And that's why you feel sleepy. And you feel like you're, you're rested and recovered. So with that, you, you can kind of guess why you've probably got high cravings and your food choices tend to go a little bit out of the window if there's a disbalance. It's basically because you, you, your brain is almost craving dopamine and craving something that's gonna give you a bit of pleasure to help you unwind and just calm down a little bit. So that's why if you are very disbalanced with your nervous system, you will have higher cravings for sugar, higher cravings for fatty foods, alcohol, 
buying clothes to make yourself feel better, you know, retail therapy, going on holidays, all of that stuff that you do impulsively is probably because there's a bit of a disbalance there. So regaining balance of the nervous system is obviously going to have huge benefits. So I don't want you to, I'm going to go into some of the strategies that you can use now. And I don't want you to listen to this and think that you've got to like go on this complete overhaul and overwhelm yourself with thinking you need to you know, apply all of these things. Because it's not the case. You just need to cherry pick what you can do right now, maybe like three of these things, just to start to get a little bit more mindful about your how you're living, to, to, to regain a little bit of balance. So if you're sat there and thinking, do you know what? I've got poor sleep. I'm struggling to nod off at night. Um, I'm waking up in the middle of the night. I've got really high cravings all the time. Um, I'm, I've got quite high anxiety uh, because of the adrenaline and the cortisol. I do feel like I'm really low on energy, a bit burnt out. Um, I feel like I'm maybe making poor overall life choices and being a bit impulsive because I am stressed and, and low mood all the time. I've got digestive issues. If, you, if you're thinking any of those things do sound like you right now, um, then it's all about cherry picking a few of these strategies to be able to just regain a little bit of balance. You don't need to do all of them. And I really want to you know, emphasize that point because again, like in the practical world, I work with, you know, a lot of my clients are very busy. They've got kids. Like I, I don't, I'm not sending people this like two hour long morning routine and you know, 10 different things that they've got to do each day to help regain balance. I, I don't coach like that because it's not practical. What, I don't do all of these things. I do a decent amount of them, um, but not all of them. And I think it's just important to go over a broad range of strategies so that you can cherry pick. Um, so let's look at daily. So what can you do on a daily basis to try and regain a little bit of balance? So in short, it's just slowing down, just just slowing down and not bouncing from thing to thing as, as, as much as, as you can. Um, and even if you have got really crammed days where you are bouncing from thing to thing, can you do something in the morning or in the evening that just helps you slow down and regain balance a little bit? So breath work. Breath work has become, well, it's always been, it's always been popular. You know, it's been around for hundreds of years, but you can use your breath to control your nervous system. So it, this might sound a bit woo-woo, but if you, if you do three to four seconds in, so one, two, three, four, when you inhale, take a one second pause and then blow out through your mouth as if you're trying to blow a candle out. So with your lips kind of, as if you're gonna kiss someone for six to seven seconds and do that five times, you will feel calmer. So if you've just finished three meetings, you've had a couple of coffees, you're feeling very sort of stimulated and you're about to go and eat your, your lunch, like, I, like I've said with digestion, digestion is inhibited if you are overstimulated because we want to be a little bit calmer when we're digesting food. So you don't have to go outside and wait for 30 minutes before you eat. But if you can do five rounds of, of that breath work, and it might feel silly at first, but you'd be surprised how much that can calm you down before you go into that meal. Um, that's just one example of, of how you can get a little bit of, of relax, well, a, a, a better regulation into your day. Uh, you don't have to do it. It's just, as I say, it's just an idea. Um, walking and steps and just going for a walk outside with no podcast, no music at the end of the day, once you've finished your work or maybe even like 30 minutes before bed, 
just go for a walk, whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you can manage, um, without any stimulation, so without music and without podcasts, and just use that time to kind of like reconnect with any current goals that you've got, your current values, um, think about the day, what went well, what didn't, and then when you get in, whatever comes to mind, just journal it, so write it down, write down your goals, you could write down what you're grateful for, you could write down how the day went, what went well, what didn't, what you've got to do tomorrow, and just clear your head before you try and go to sleep. That is a great way to get a little bit more parasympathetic system involved before you're about to go and try and sleep. And it's important for sleep. So, you know, if you are sympathetically dominant and you are constantly stimulated, your sleep hormones are a little bit hindered and that's why you struggle to nod off and, and stuff like that. So if we can spend a little bit of time in the evenings getting a better balance with the nervous system and, and slowing down and resting relaxation, you will sleep better. Um, read or even watch something that's not work related um, in the evening. So, you know, it doesn't always have to be reading paper books. I tend, the recommendation I tend to make with clients when it comes to screens is a lot of things do have night mode now, even, you know, a lot of TVs have night mode. But if you're watching something on your phone, your laptop, um, your tablet, make sure it's got night mode on, but you don't necessarily need to, you know, have 60 minutes away from any sort of screens before bed. It's just making sure that the thing that you're watching isn't like work related or massively stimulating. So watch something that's that's quite relaxing, maybe funny, um, but just let your mind kind of you know switch off from the day. What I would suggest is not going on social media 60 minutes before bed because, like I said, social media can be very stimulating, it can be quite triggering. You know, you might see something that stresses you out, you might read something that annoys you. Or you might just scroll through 20 topics in 10 minutes and your head's all over the place. So get off social media an hour before bed, but you don't necessarily need to get off screens if you're watching something that actually helps you relax. Um, have caffeine cut-off times. So limit your overall intake and make sure you're not having any caffeine sort of like, say, six hours before bed. That's um, And when I say limit intake, I'm not going to give any numbers because it is, it is person-dependent, but, you know... I have personally, my limit is, is 500 milligrams of caffeine a day. So I'll have a couple of cans of, of zero sugar monster. Um, and I might have a strong black coffee in the morning. So, you know, that's, a, it's not a low, low caffeine intake. It's not extremely high. It's moderate. Um, but I do tend to have a little bit more caffeine when I'm in a deficit. And obviously with the photo shoot prep, I am, <laughs> I am definitely using a little bit more caffeine at the minute, but I don't have any after three o'clock. So I want to be asleep by sort of like 10, 11. Um, I think that's it for daily. Oh, we'll go into, so magnesium glycinate supplementation. I guess that's something to mention, but that's the cherry on the cake. So if, if you're not doing any of the previous things and you are just living, you know, thing to thing and you are stimulated, magnesium might have a little benefit, but it's probably going to benefit you more if you're putting some good, like living practices in place. But... Magnesium glycinate or magnesium biglycinate does help you get a better balance within your nervous system. So basically, it helps increase activity of the parasympathetic side of the nervous system and decrease activity of the sympathetic. So if we're constantly you know, stressed and anxious, we do deplete magnesium levels and that can actually further contribute to um, the disbalance so supplementing with magnesium is actually a really good thing to do especially if you are quite stressed quite busy but as I say 
it will have some benefit if you're not doing anything else, but it will have the biggest benefit if you are doing some of the other kind of like habits to support that. Same with, you know, taking a an omega-3 supplement or a multivitamin supplement. If your diet's absolutely horrendous, it's not going to have as much of an impact. Um, cool. So there's like a few things that you can do. So breath work, walks, journaling, you know, gratitude, reflection, appreciation, um, reading stuff, watching stuff, cutting down caffeine, mindful eating, you know, take 30 seconds between your last task and your, your meal, um, do some breath work, pre-bed routines, and then and then magnesium glycinate supplementation. That's That's pretty much like a decent list of things for you to choose from on a daily basis. Then you've got weekly. So time in nature the reason that i've put this on weekly is i know it's not practical for for a lot of people to get somewhere in nature and just go for a long walk every day but once a week if you could if you could find the time to go for a 30 45 minute walk in nature so like a country park a forest the peak district just something like that where it's slow it's calm it's quiet you're not surrounded by busy life you're literally just surrounded by nature that is so good for getting a massive dose of kind of parasympathetic nervous system regulation. So, so useful. Um, you could take a hot bath in Epsom salts. So again, probably not something practical to do daily, but once a week, taking a hot bath, um, get some Epsom salts in there, just soak for 15, 20 minutes. Again, just gives you the opportunity to slow down in a healthy way. And then plan your weeks and have structure. So allocate time for exercise, allocate time for rest and recovery. And I know if you've got three kids and you're in a busy corporate job, you're not always going to have lots of gaps to do these things. But I've worked with a lot of busy people and there is always time somewhere to do something. That's the thing. Something is better than nothing, right? So have a look at your whole week. Have a think about some of the things that I've said and just think, right, what could I do? Everyone can take a few breaths before their meal. Like... You know, everyone can take a few breaths and write some stuff down at the end of the day. Like, there is time to do that sort of stuff. It doesn't take long. You know, a five-minute walk, ten-minute walk to mark the end of your day and just calm down a bit. Like, some of these things can be done really, really quick. So plan your weeks out. Have structure for your work, your food. Have, have time allocated to do the things that's going to help you feel good and help you unwind. Um, and then obviously like monthly, yearly, you've got holidays, weekends away, that sort of thing. They, they're like your, your big significant periods of time to really kind of regain a little bit of balance. And then when you come back from the holidays, can you implement some of the more daily things which you've had a chance to unwind and reflect on what you're doing? That's how I tend to use holidays. Right, so obviously there's a few things there, but just to conclude it, don't get overwhelmed with the, 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 the words like sympathetic, parasympathetic. It doesn't really matter. The way you need to think about it is we are too stimulated and we need to chill the fuck out of it. That's, that's the, that's the one-line conclusion. So where in your day and week could you slow down, be a bit more mindful, use some of these suggestions, um, and just think about calming down and taking a little bit more time to think? Because if we've got a balanced nervous system, we make better choices, we've got better appetite control, food choices are better, spending choices tend to be better, uh, we've got better energy, we sleep well, we digest food better, we've got less cramps, less bloating, we've got less chance of burnout. So it is something really good to think about. Um, and I hope this was useful. Hopefully there's a few things in there where you think, you know, I can do that. And like I say, it might seem a little bit woo-woo, um, 
talking about breath work and, and talking about these things. But I just think I work with a lot of people um, and I do think that being overstimulated and having a, a sort of disbalance between these two, fight and flight, rest and relaxation, is a big, big challenge for a lot of people. And it's one of the things that does lead to, you know, struggling with, with weight control and appetite control and that sort of stuff. So it's good to talk about and I hope you've managed to you know, cherry pick a few of those things that get you thinking a little bit about where you can improve your own routines and get a bit more balance in your life and have a bit more control. All right, I shall leave it there. So that was the first sciencey one. Again, any feedback, because it was a bit different today. Um, if it's too much, if it's if it would be better visual, obviously it's hard to do a visual when I'm just doing an audio podcast. Um, but any, any feedback is, is great. And, you know, as always, like any screenshots on Instagram stories and that sort of stuff, any shares with friends, you know, spreading the word is massively appreciated. So I'll leave it there. So go and get some good balance. Find some time to chill out, unwind. Um, don't be all go, go, go. Don't be training, caffeinated, meetings, not sleeping. Try not to be that person because if you can regain a little bit of control, and get some healthier balance in your life, you will feel better for it. Okay, thanks for listening, and I shall catch you next week.